Stephanie, Cynthia, thank you in the band. Why don't you give it up for them? Thank you guys so much for leading us in worship. Good morning, everyone. Hope you're doing well this morning. Uh, as Stephanie mentioned, it is uh, the second Sunday of a new year. And uh, as I mentioned last week, I don't know about you, I'm really glad to see 2014 come to an end and the beginning of a new year. And uh, so I hope that some of you are with me. I hope I'm not the only one that's ready for a new year and all that it entails. So I'm um, glad that you're here this morning. Uh, today we kick off a brand new series uh, that we are entitling Change Agent. And uh, this series is, uh, I'm very excited about. It is uh, one that uh, we've been planning for some time. And uh, at the end of today's message, you'll understand this a little bit better, but uh, it is going to be a series that is going to be geared to a broader audience than is normally in here, and I'll, I'll kind of allude to it now, but we'll talk about it um, in a little while and talk to you about what that is looking like uh, over the course of the next few weeks. Um, if you have your Bible, you can go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 5, as we just sang about being the light of the world, and Stephanie read just a few minutes ago from Matthew chapter 5. We're going to end up there today uh, in our uh, message, and uh, we'll be in ch uh, Matthew chapter 5 where Jesus uh, gives the Sermon on the Mount. And so uh, very excited about this particular uh, uh, message series. But today is really just a, a bit of an introductory message. It's uh, really laying the foundation for these next few weeks, as we'll be to a total of six weeks in this particular series, and uh, we're going to be studying different characters in God's Word and learning uh, from their lives and their situations and some of the things that they went through, what we can kind of glean about what it means to be a change agent in our world and for the kingdom of God. Um, in 1997, uh, I joined a, uh, a company called the Enjoy Group. And it was run and owned by a guy by the name of John Maxwell. Many of you have probably heard of John Maxwell. If you go in any bookstore, um, you'll see there that uh, um, you'll see a kind of a section of John Maxwell books. And John has written over 50 books on the subject of leadership. And he has uh, spoken over the years to over a million different people uh, on the subject of leadership specifically uh, leadership within the church, because that's his background. He was a pastor, a former pastor. Um, he's spoken to Fortune 500 companies. Uh, he is a, a man who really uh, kind of studied as, as a young man leadership, and then as time went on, he began to write some books about leadership. Well, I joined his company in 1997 and had the opportunity to be there for about seven years and worked for two of the different companies that he had there, Enjoy uh, and Enjoy Stewardship Services. And everything about Enjoy really comes down to leadership. And everything that John talks about comes down to leadership. And while I was there, during the years that I was there, in fact, the first year I was there in 1997, um, John uh, wrote a book uh, called Becoming a Person of Influence. And uh, he wrote it with the, the now late Jim Dornan, a, a friend of his who was a businessman. And uh, John wrote this book talking about the power of influence. And I remember at the time uh, when I read it, um, after he was done with it, and, and about, I think it came out in 1990, late in 97, 98. I'm really dating myself here, by the way. Um, uh, this was back, if you can believe this, before email. Like, I remember when email came into existence in the corporate workplace. Any of you others remember that? 
you can raise your hand. Please join me. Okay, all right, there we go. We're, we're all showing our age there. But anyway, um, John uh, wrote this book, and when I read it, I realized that he had gotten his inspiration from the first chapter of another book that he wrote called Developing the Leader Within You. And if you're a student of leadership or if you uh, are interested in leadership, one of the best book that's, uh, books that's ever been written on the subject is Developing the Leader Within You. And a few years later, he wrote Developing the Leaders Around You, kind of a companion book to that. And in it, John uh, talks about, in that very first chapter, he talks about the power of influence. And one of the things I love about John is he takes this whole idea of leadership and he breaks it down to bite-sized kind of format so that we can understand and kind of grasp on. And he often will take a very confusing concept surrounding leadership and really make it something that's very easily understood. And I love there in the first chapter of this book called Developing the Leader Within You, he talks about influence. And I love it because what he does is he gives a definition. And, and what he does is he defines leadership and he says this. This is really, really confusing. Hang on. There's going to be detailed and that kind of thing. When he defines leadership, here's how he defines it. He says, leadership is influence. That was real confusing, wasn't it? Real detailed, real, real like, you know, very, very uh, you know, personal there. But John described leadership in that regard, and it became his mantra over the years that leadership is influence. Well, in this chapter of this uh, book that he writes called Developing the Leader Within You, John goes on to describe the fact that everyone has influence over someone. And, and I realized that for some of you, and I remember reading that in the beginning going, I don't know if I, I really do. I mean, yeah, I kind of have like this concept of maybe I influence some people, but um, I, I don't know if I really have like what John is talking about as influence over other people. But he suggests that each one of us are able to influence other people. And, and that's where I want to camp out today as we kind of set the stage for these next six weeks as we do these character studies, biblical characters, and, and find out kind of how they um, uh, dealt with challenges and problems and situations and how they led and how they became change agents for the good of the gospel in many cases or for the good of the kingdom of God. And so John does that. He says leadership is influence and and he kind of used that year after year after year to develop what he was talking about with leadership because leadership is influence and everyone has influence over someone else now i realize that for some of you this is a a concept that may be counterculture it may be uh something that you don't understand but literally everyone has influence over someone else and 2,000 years before John wrote about the power that we have uh, to influence other people, hopefully for the good, but many times in many cases it's for the bad, um, Jesus understood this concept, and he preached about it when he gave the Sermon on the Mount. Many of you are familiar with the Sermon on the Mount in cha Matthew chapter 5. The Sermon on the Mount covers chapters 5, 6, and 7 of the book of Matthew. And Jesus understood the power of influence, and he understood that we all have influence over someone else, so much so that he gave us a guideline of what we should be doing in terms of our influence. And so today, before we even dive into these character studies, 
before we learn lessons about what it means to be a change agent, I, I want us to, to take a look at this passage that you've already heard from Matthew chapter 5. We're going to be looking at verses 13 through 16 today to find out what Jesus says about having influence over other people. Now, uh, we can dive into these character studies, and we can go through these six weeks. And it can become all head knowledge. It can be something that, like, you know, the next Bible trivia that you have, you know, with your family. Like, you can answer the right question, and you can prove that you know a little bit more about the Bible than someone else. But that is really meaningless. Uh, my prayer for us as a church is that over these next six weeks, as we study these characters, and by the way, some of these characters that we're going to study, some of you are, are going to be like, yeah, I know who that is right away. I, I know that. Like, they're bigger than life characters. And some of them are a little more obscure characters. There's one in particular that we're going to be talking about next week, and I'm not going to tell you who it is um, because I want it to be a surprise, and I want you to come back. Um, it, it, the one next week, most of you will go, wow, I never thought about that. And, and most of you are thinking right now, oh, he's just unprepared for the next six weeks. That's why he's not telling us who the characters are. And in many cases, that would be the case, but uh, it's not in this case. So um, I'm excited about this, and we're going to learn. And my prayer is, is that each one of us, myself included, would learn from these different characters some lessons on what we can do and how we can be a positive influence for God's kingdom with the people that we influence, that we just have a natural bent towards influencing, whether it's here or in your home or in your church or in your community or in your school students or in your workplace, those of you who uh, are in business, uh, we can have influence over other people. And this whole idea of influence, that the way that Jesus describes it, the way we're going to look at it here, is such counter culture to what the world tells us. It's counter business, it's counterintuitive, it's the opposite of what we kind of naturally would think. And in fact, kind of tucked away here in the Sermon on the Mount, um, Jesus uh, has just given the Beatitudes in the first part of Matthew. And the whole concept of the Beatitudes is it takes what the world says and turns the world upside down. And Jesus says, this is how we should live. And he gives the Beatitudes, attitudes on how we should behave and live. And then he continues with this theme of turning culture upside down. And he describes how you and I should be change agents. You see, society suggests that we have leadership or influence based on different things that we attain or attributes that we have. Think about it for a moment. But when I say that someone is an influencer, the first thing that might come to your mind or my mind just naturally without studying what Jesus says is an organizational chart, right? Maybe a title, maybe a, 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 a salary level, you know, a person that's at a certain salary level has influence. Uh, maybe it's a position within an organization or even in a household. Uh, maybe it's, uh, you know, someone inherited some kind of leadership role. We, we think of these things and we kind of equate those things with leadership. You know, inheritance, pedigree, family background, all these different things. But in reality, anyone who has ever inherited or attained any of those things is not necessarily an influencer. It's very possible that what got them to that point or how they attained those things was done through great influ influence and great leadership skills. 
but by virtue of those things and those things alone does not make that person a great leader. So the next time you look at an org chart, the next time you look at a title, the next time you look at a position or to think about your salary level compared to someone else's or maybe your place in the household pecking order or whatever it might be, um, don't think that that is equating to leadership or influence. Jesus has something else to say. He says that we inherit that position of having influence in someone else's life through drastic different means than what culture suggests. Let's take a look at Matthew 5 today. The words will be on the screen. If you don't bring your Bibles, that's fine. The words will be on the screens. Let's look at 13 through 16 today as we unpack this a little bit. Jesus, here in the Sermon on the Mount, says this. You are the salt of the earth. You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are, verse 14, the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but they put it on a stand. And that light, and it gives light to all in the house. And he ends it by saying, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. As much as I respected John Maxwell and as much as I learned uh, about leadership from him and be, kind of became a student of leadership during those years, 97 through about 2004, uh, Jesus had this first, didn't he? He had the corner on the market on this first, and he had a real true understanding of what it means to be an influential person. So much so that he gives us this way of being an influence for those of you who are Christ followers. Now, let me say this for a moment. I want to talk to those of you who are Christ followers. Over these next few weeks, you're going to learn a lot of great principles. And you'll be able to take them home. You'll be able to take them in your workplace. Students, you'll be able to take them to school. Those of you who are part of a sports team, you can take those to the, the, to, uh, the sports team, to the field, or the, on, on the court. Um, and uh, the, some of you will be able to take them into different community events that you're a part of. You'll be able to use those. And I want you to be able to learn from that. But the real purpose that Jesus is talking about here is to have leadership influence for the kingdom of God and for the cause of Christ. The other thing that I want to make mention is for those of you who may be here today and uh, maybe you're unchurched or maybe you're you know, kind of trying to discover what this God thing is all about or maybe those of you who are, are a part of Hilton Head Island Community Church have friends that are like that. I want to encourage you to be here and, and invite your friends here over these next few weeks because regardless of where you are in your faith journey, uh, much of what you're going to hear over these next few weeks will be very applicable to your life. It'll be very easily applied to your life. And so I, I, want, you, I want to encourage you to be here and to, to bring your friends so that maybe they can investigate the Bible from a little bit different perspective over these next few weeks. It, it's going to be exciting. Now, to really understand that you and I are change agents, I believe that there are three things that we must do. Kind of laying a foundation for these next few weeks. Take a look at your notes this morning. Take a look at your notes, but just, just kind of laying the groundwork for this. Uh, the first thing that we've got to do is, first and foremost, we've got to be aware of our ability to influence. Be aware of your ability to influence. If John Maxwell's definition of leadership is influence, 
and then he says that everyone has influence over someone, what does that make all of us? You can say it with me. It makes all of us what? Leaders. Yeah, right. You guys are awesome. You're awake. You got that coffee going. That's wonderful. Okay. Be aware that you have influence over someone else. Be aware that you have influence over someone else. It doesn't matter where you are on the org chart. It doesn't matter what your title is. It doesn't matter what you do in your home. You have influence over someone else. The littlest guy in our home often has the greatest influence. Isn't that true? Some of you who have a bunch of kids in your house, it just doesn't matter what size and what stature and where you are. Influence defined as the capacity or the power of persons or things to be a compelling force on or produce effects on the actions, behaviors, opinions, etc. of others. That's, that is actually influence defined. Be aware that you are an influencer. And you have the power to influence for good, and you have the power to influence for bad or for harm. You can heal or you can hurt. You can make better or you can make worse. We all have the opportunity to influence other people. And Jesus understood this. And he used two different elements to describe this. I love it. Salt and light. He talked about salt and light. By the way, both of those two elements are change agents, aren't they? Both of those two things are change agents. Let's begin with salt. This is uh, some sea salt that we bought in New York over eight years ago. Um, some of you are like, you've had sea salt for eight years. We don't use much of it, okay? <laughs> it's almost empty, okay? You can hear it's almost empty there. And I love this. Right on the back, it says ingredients, sea salt. That's awesome. Okay, so anyway, so this is sea salt. We use this uh, in cooking, and those, those of you who journey with us for a while, you know I like to cook, love to cook. Sydney and I, my daughter and I love to cook together. Um, by the way, we use this, a great brine, a great salt brine for uh, our Thanksgiving turkey this year. It was awesome. Five-gallon bucket, a bunch of spices, a bunch of salt and water. Let that thing soak. Oh, it was awesome. It was great. You guys brine turkeys? Any of you brine turkeys? They awesome. Any of you fail with that before? I have. Okay. Anyway, salt is something that is a change agent, and it has certain properties that bring about change in certain different areas. By the way, most of our salt, a majority of the salt that's produced in the world today is not even used for food. It's used in places that need it to thaw out snow and ice. Isn't that amazing? Some of you that are from Ohio are like, yes, I remember that. I know that well. Salt is used for a variety of different things, but our bodies actually need salt. They need salt. Salt is good for our bodies. It actually uh, takes toxins and flushes them out. It's good for circulation. It's good for bone growth. It's good for digestion. Salt is good for our bodies in the proper dose. The table salt that most of us have are uh, produced with so many chemicals that they, the chemicals actually do more harm than good, but real salt is actually good for our bodies in certain doses. Uh, my kids will um, take broccoli, and they'll just eat broccoli with nothing on it. I, I don't understand that because I have to have cheese and salt and pepper and all kind of stuff. I mean, anything that's in the house that I can sprinkle over broccoli, I have it. 
And, and so my mom would have loved my kids growing up because she was always giving me a hard time about putting too much salt on stuff. But you know what salt does? Not only does it cleanse the body, not only does it help with health in the body, but it also makes food taste better, doesn't it? It does, doesn't it? Uh, we put salt on something, and we think that we're tasting the salt, but actually it's an interesting chemical thing that happens with our bodies with salt. The salt actually interacts with our chemicals in our body and with the food to enhance the good and, and to, to take the bad and, and, and kind of take, take that bitterness and, and push it down. And so it enhances what's good, and it brings about in a strong way uh, or it, it, it's, it subverts what is bad. So it enhances what's good. It takes down what is bitter or bad. And that's what Jesus tells us to do. Don't miss that. He says, you need to be salt. You need to be salt. You need to be an agent of change. And salt is uh, good for healing. And it's good for cleansing. And it's good for correction. We clean things with salt. We, we take salt and we use it for that purpose. And Jesus wants us to operate in that regard. He wants us to have influence for the purpose of healing, for the purpose of enhancing what is good, and for the purpose of kind of taking down what is bitter and, and suppressing uh, what is bitter. Salt is a healing property. It has uh, correction property and action properties. And so Jesus wants us to use our influence just like salt for the purpose of healing and for the purpose of correction and for the purpose of cleansing. That's how we're supposed to use our influence. But he doesn't stop there. He doesn't use just salt. He also uses light as an analogy. Light is, is maybe a little more simple one to understand because we're supposed to not just heal and correct and cleanse, but we are supposed to be about guidance and, and leadership. Jesus wants us to lead others. He wants us to uh, help lead people to safety and lead people to him and lead him to a better place. Um, a few years ago, um, we got a dog in our life. Um, his name is Kokomo. And uh, Coco, we call him Coco. And actually, Sarah's here today, the lady who helped us uh, get him. And, and it's just a great, he is an awesome dog. He is the best dog. I've had three dogs in my life. I love this dog. He is awesome. And he follows me around. He stares at me all the time. It's kind of creepy. But anyway, he's this little black dog. He's a multi-poo. He's an awesome dog. But something different with Kokomo than the dogs that I grew up with and the dog that we had prior to Kokomo is this dog likes to take walks every night. And guess who's the guy in the house that gives him the walk? It's me. I mean, it could be 100 degrees, 100% humidity. I'm taking that dog for a walk. It can be 30 degrees and freezing out, and I'm taking Coco for a walk. And so we go out about 7 o'clock at night, and what happens at 7 o'clock at night on Hilton Head, regardless of the time of year, it gets what? Very dark, right? Yeah, we got to protect the sea turtles, which I totally am for. But it gets dark, right? It really does. And what is out on Hilton Head Plantation in the summer at night? Alligators, yeah. <laughs> Not near my house, but that's okay. Snakes and alligators and all kind of critters. And my 92-year-old uh, uh, neighbor, Harold. But anyway, so I, I get my flashlight out, and we walk around our neighborhood, and the whole time I'm looking for critters, and I'm looking for things that have dropped on the ground that I might trip over and that Coco may trip over. And the, the light leads us out, and when he's done doing what he needs to do, it leads us back to safety. It leads us back to our house, and without light, we would potentially trip over something. Without light, 
we would potentially be in harm's way. And that's what Jesus wants us to do. He wants us to be salt, but he also wants us to be light. And light has the distinct properties of of being able to lead and to guide and to direct. And so Jesus wants us to use our influence to help be salt and light to people. See, we have to be aware that we have the opportunity to be either a positive influence for people or a negative influence for people. And there's sometimes in just that one moment that we have the opportunity, and so often we make the poor decision, don't we? That's what these next six weeks are going to be about, making those decisions. Secondly, to really understand that you're a change agent, not only must you be aware of your influence, but the second thing is is you must be willing to make an impact. You must be willing to make an impact. I have a friend who won't use this word in in message prep, in sermons and, and messages like this, because impact implies hitting. Well, it does, doesn't it? But the word impact, actually, I love these two definitions. One is a noun, one's a verb. The first one is the striking of one thing against another, forceful contact or collision. <laughs> I've been in three car accidents, none of which were my fault, okay? And you understand if you've been in a car accident, impact, don't you? You understand impact because something changes when a car accident happens, doesn't it? Something changes. You see, that's what influence does. Influence's result is an impact. And a negative influence will be a negative impact. A positive influence will be a positive impact. I love Newton's uh, laws of motion. He's got three laws of motion. The, the first is, is inertia, that uh, something that's at rest will continue to stay at rest, right? Unless it's, it's pushed or, or moved. The second law involves direction and force. But I love the third law. The third law says that for every action, and some of you know this, there's an equal and opposite reaction. That's impact, right? And some of us realize that we have the opportunity to be an influence. And we just go about our lives with inertia. We just go about our lives with inertia. It's, it has potential. It has the potential for power. It has a potential for motion. It has a potential for impact. But we are comfortable with our lives. And we don't want things to get messy. So we just sit back. And we do nothing about a situation that needs to be changed. Jesus wants us to be salt and light. And implied in that is a change. Is a change. And so influence leads to impact. And if we are going to be people who are agents of change, as we're going to talk about over these next few weeks, we've not only got to be aware that we have influence, but we've got to be willing to make an impact. And thirdly, thirdly, we've got to understand that we have the opportunity to personally bring about change in other people's lives. We have to be ready to personally invest. You see, you can understand that you're an influencer. You you can understand impact. You can be someone who's ready to make an impact. But if you and I aren't personally ready to invest ourselves in that situation to help bring about change, then nothing really will happen. You see, when someone realizes that they're an influencer and someone realizes it to the point that they make an impact, sometimes the result of that are messy personal situations. Sometimes the result of that is that you have to roll up your sleeves in someone's life 
to help them out. Sometimes it means that you're going to have to sacrifice. Sometimes it means you're going to have to invest. Sometimes it means you're going to have to put your hopes and dreams aside for that person. And so if we want to be change agents, we have to be ready personally to invest our lives to bring about that change. You see, each one of these characters that we're going to study over these next six weeks, they're all different, and there's all different lessons that we're going to learn along the way. But the one thing that remains common among all of them is that they realized that they were influencers, they were willing to make an impact, and they were also ready to personally invest to bring about change. That w- that's what makes them change agents. And I believe because Jesus has called us to be salt and light, He wants us to be change agents as well. I love the definition of change. It means to make the form, nature, content, future course of something different from what is or from what it would be if left alone. Isn't that great? That's a great definition. So I want to leave you with three simple questions as we wrap up today. Three simple questions. The first one is this. Do you view yourself? Do you view yourself as an agent of change? Do you view yourself as someone who has influence? Like, do you really, like, believe that you do have the power and the opportunity to influence someone? Second question, are you willing to cause change? Are you willing to cause change? And then thirdly, are you ready to get personally involved in that change? There are so many different types of change agent relationships, even represented in this room. Some of you are grandparents. Your ability to change is massive, isn't it? Because you can help form the next generation. You can leave your legacy. Some of you are in here today, and uh, you're married, and and you are a change agent for your spouse, and hopefully that relationship is back and forth. Some of you are in a a relationship with someone who's an employee, and you're in a boss-employee relationship, and you have the opportunity to affect change. Some of you are teachers and are uh, involved in education, and you have the opportunity to, to change someone else and impact them for the good of God and maybe even point that person to him. Some of you are involved here as leaders and volunteers. Some of you are involved with island kids and out, even in the parking lot and as life group leaders. And you have the opportunity to help bring change to people who severely need it. And some of you are parents. I can't think of a better example of people who have the opportunity to influence than parents. And this isn't a parenting series. This is not a parenting message. But I think the parent, uh, uh, son or daughter, the parent-child relationship probably best defines a relationship that has elements of change just built in. I mean, moms and dads, we have the opportunity to change things, don't we? John Maxwell in that book that I was talking about begins that chapter by talking about what it means to change your child. And in doing so, he shares a poem that's uh, familiar probably to a lot of you. And I think it's great for us to end on today because I think it highlights what we need to do personally to get ready to be a change agent. I want to read this to you as we close. A careful man I want to be. A little fellow follows me. I do not dare to go astray for fear he'll go the self-same way. 
I cannot once escape his eyes. Whatever I do, whatever he, uh, whatever he sees me do, he tries. Like me, he says he's going to be. That little chap who follows me. I must remember as I go through summer suns and winter snow, I am building for the years to be that little chap who follows me. That's a dad writing about his son. But I got to tell you, it doesn't matter that it's a mom, dad, dad, son, whatever the relationship may be. Each of us are in a position where we have people who are under our influence who are watching us. And I want to challenge you this morning that the first thing that I believe that we need to do is to understand that we have the power to influence, so we understand that we can be change agents and that we need to personally be involved, but we've got to inspect ourselves and make sure that our lives reflect the kind of change that we want to see in that person. You know, before we become agents of change, maybe we need to ask the Holy Spirit to begin to change us inside. Maybe we need to ask God to change aspects of our lives as well. Maybe there are the things that are in us that need to change as well. I think if you and I really take seriously this idea that we have influence and that we can be a help to someone, that we can move someone in a positive direction, it begins with us asking God to change us. Father God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for the power of influence. God, I think about my life, the people have, that have influenced my life over the years for good. God, they were people that I respected so much. They were people that I looked up to. They were people whose lives were consistent with you and your word. And God, I pray as we consider this whole idea of being a change agent, God, I pray that you would help each one of us in here to realize that we do have influence with someone else, to realize that we can make an impact and that we should be willing to make an impact, and that finally, if we're going to do that, we got to be ready and willing to personally get involved. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would inspect our lives Give us the ability to change what needs to be changed. And may that change even start with us. God, I pray that over these next few weeks that you would raise up people who really come into their own in terms of understanding their role in your kingdom and in, you, in the world in terms of being a change agent. And God, may we learn so much from these characters that we're going to study over these next few weeks. Lead us and guide us in this endeavor. In Jesus' name. I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm going to have some of our ushers pass these little uh, uh, brochures out. Uh, this is something that I want to talk with you about. We got a few things that we as a church uh, are uh, very excited about and a lot of activity here over the next few weeks that I want to let you know about. Uh, many of you have been journeying. You guys can go ahead and pass those out. Many of you have been journeying with us with our kids' ministry renovation. And um, this past year, we raised over $100,000 to renovate our island kids space. And before we go a step further today, I want to thank each and every one of you who were a part of raising that money. Many of you sacrificially gave to what God is doing in our kids area here at Hilton Head Island Community Church. And I want to publicly thank you so much for the investment financially that you have made. We raised that $100,000 in a relatively short period of time. So I want to thank you this morning, those of you who raised that money. 
When we moved in here three years ago, we had a vision. I had a vision for what Island Kids would look like, and we couldn't do it at the time. But we are getting ready to, to do that, and construction is going to begin over the course of the next week to 10 days. And so this little uh, diagram here, it's an artist rendering of uh, Worlds of Wow. Uh, we have contracted with Worlds of Wow. And this is an artist rendering of our check-in area. Isn't that cool? That's going to look awesome, isn't it? And part of what we wanted to do was have a uh, more exciting visual representation uh, for our kids. And uh, you're going to see so many different changes in our island kids area. But we're also going to be moving some walls around. And so uh, we wanted to let you know about that just to get a glimpse of what it's going to look like. The artists that are helping us with this have uh, really tapped into kind of uh, what uh, our our culture is here on Hilton Head Island, and they've designed a theme around that. And so it's uh, very exciting to see that. There are going to be some walls that are going to be moved over there and some uh, changes to really the far part of Island Kids. But um, over the course of the next uh, six weeks or so, you're going to see some major changes. And so we as a church have to do a few things. So let me just hit these highlights. This is on the second page. First of all, construction is expected to begin the week of January 12th. During this time, I want you to hear this, our offices will remain open and operational throughout the, this whole renovation. Now, I will say this, there may be a period of time when you can't go in the office side, and so my encouragement to you would be to call before you show up here Monday through Thursday, 9 to 5. Um, we want to be able to tell you which door to go to to come in, and uh, so that I'm sure would be helpful for you. Secondly, during this renovation, First through fifth graders are going to join us here in our worship service over the next six weeks. Parents, aren't you excited about your kids being with you? All right, yeah, I can tell your enthusiasm is overwhelming. Newborns through kindergartens, kindergarten, however, will have their classrooms, the two classrooms that are on that far side of the building there, on this side of the building, um, they will remain open and operational. And so we're going to have our check-in area over near the coffee stations. We're going to have one check-in area. The rest of Island Kids will be closed down. When your uh, a newborn through kindergartner goes and you, we check them in, we're going to walk through those, that bathroom area and kind of enter through the back way there. Okay, So we're going to be doing that through the next six weeks. And so uh, we wanted to let you know a little bit about that. And then again, the last point on there, first grade through fifth grade will be with us on Sunday mornings. And we're really excited to have some different things that they're going to do. We're going to have crayons. We're going to have a section set up back here. Uh, my two kids are going to be a part of it. They're going to be quiet during the service, and they're going to listen, right? All right. They've been instructed. I'm just kidding. They, they're fine. And I really expect this to be a fun time. I'm going to preach a little shorter. I'm going to do some different things to really engage them. And so um, we're going to, I think we're going to have a really good time with this as a church and having them in here over the next six weeks. So I don't know about you. I'm really excited to see this renovation happen. This has been a long time in the works. And so I want to thank so much of you who uh, just gave to do this. And so uh, we're very excited to see what happens with this renovation over in Island Kids area. Now, the second thing that I want to tell you about, I'm going to ask Abby to come up on stage here. Um, why don't you give it up for our Island Kid director, Abby Rusher. <laughs> Abby has been with us since September. Is that right? September of 2013. Mm -hmm. Abby moved all the way from Bloomington, Illinois, which is halfway across the country. How cold is it there today? Is there a minus sign? Yeah, probably. Probably. Okay, all right. It's very cold there today. And uh, Abby joined us uh, a year and a half ago. And um, this past summer, she approached me, 
and um, just told me that she felt like God was wanting her to move a little bit closer to home, to head back a little bit closer to home. And uh, all summer, I, I tried to stop her from that because uh, Abby has done an amazing job, and um, I cannot thank her enough for the job that she's done in our kids' ministry area. But one thing I know as a pastor and as a leader, you can't get in the way of God doing something with someone. So tell us a little bit about uh, what you are planning on doing and uh, just kind of how God got you to that point, Abby. Tell us a little bit about that today. Well, um, as many of you know, as a Christ follower and really as really anyone, that God takes us through many different seasons in our life. And I have found over the last year and a half that God, had a, God has purpose in seasons. And this particular season, I believe, was a really sh a big stretch for me. I mean, I'm 31 years old, and I came to know Jesus at the age of 21. And so I've been journeying with God for the last 10 years. And he has really begun to do an amazing thing in my life, just allowing me to step out in faith. Because coming here was a huge leap of faith for me. Um, moving far away from family and all my best friends and everything I've known for 30 years to come and really join God in what he was doing here. And so um, more than just the ministry itself, I believe God did something in me. And for to me, that is priceless. I mean, that's just the best thing. And I feel like my walk with God has grown even greater. And I'm so grateful for that. So... Um, as I've been praying and really processing through, it's been hard, and Todd and I have had a lot of conversations, which I'm really grateful for him that he has just been so open, and, you know, it's scary to go to your boss and say, I don't, you know, I think God's <laughs> leading me out, and, oh, you know, and he's looking at me like, what, you know, and I'm like, I know, this is so hard, you know, but it's, you know, sometimes we don't, we don't really see the big picture, and God does. Um, and I've also learned that, you know, sometimes our seasons of life don't make sense. I mean, you look at all the people in the Bible. I mean, Abraham, leave everything you know and come follow me. Well, where am I going, God? I don't, you know, just follow me. Come on. <laughs> and so I feel like that's the same with me. Like I, you know, God's like, okay, it's time to move on and you're going to be in a new uh, season of ministry. And I have to share this. This morning, someone came up to me and goes, are you engaged? Because I have this, this. <laughs> finger on the wrong anyway you guys aren't laughing but anyway I thought it was kind of funny they're like we thought you might be getting married I'm like no I no it's not maybe I should move this ring to another. anyway it was funny um but no I, I really believe God's calling me to a different season of life and it this season was short and there's some seasons that are going to be longer than others and this was just a shorter season for me and I'm grateful God's taught me a lot um those kids, I told them this morning, I'm like, you guys have brought so much joy to my life. I have seen your kids grow in amazing ways. I mean, you, some of the things you don't see back there, but just, for instance, worship. Sorry. I yeah, that was good. Take a time. All good. But worship, I mean, to see those kids worship. This morning, we had all the kids, Ignite and our first through third graders, because I wanted to share me leaving with all of them. And they, we came in, and we did some worship songs together. And seeing those kids smile, and they're like dancing, and I just love it. It's so awesome. So that's just a little part of, you know, them really understanding what worship is, and that it's okay to freely worship God through dance and song, and it's just, it's incredible. So I am so thankful that I've been a part of their life, and I told them that too, and I'm thankful for all the friendships, all the relationships that I've been able to build. That's going to be the hardest thing for me, that the people, because people are really is that's everything and so it's going to be hard to 
but I'll, you know, still keep in touch. And either way, if I don't see, I'll see you in heaven, right? You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I always say. Hey, I'll, you know, I'll see you. In, I'll see you in heaven. <laughs> so anyway, so I'm grateful, grateful for all, all the island vent island kids volunteers and leaders who have come alongside me and served with me Absolutely. and i am just i know god's going to continue his work as the bible says you know he will continue his work and god's going to bring a great god already knows who the next person's going to be and you know that's the great thing and we'll just trust that and i trust god with my next mm -hmm. adventure and yeah. i'm looking forward to seeing what god has next for me so Abby, um, I, I'm excited for you. We are going to miss you tremendously. And I just want to brag on Abby for a moment. Um, you know, she came, she was very courageous by moving across country and jumped in and has really done a great job with our leaders and volunteers. Uh, and I'm so thankful for that. You've done a great job of transitioning us into a curriculum that is excellent. Our curriculum that they are studying back there is something called Orange. Oh, it's awesome. It's incredible. It's a great curriculum. And so Abby's done a great job of that. But I got to tell you, the thing that is just most meaningful to me personally is that she had the vision to start Ignite, which is our preteen ministry, and uh, really is the reason, kind of the catalyst for us doing this renovation project. So without her being here, we probably wouldn't be doing this yet. And um, my daughter, who's 11 years old, has benefited so much from your influence. And I'm so thankful she has grown spiritually so much over the last year and a half, so much so that she corrects me when I'm wrong about biblical things and theology. We're sitting around the table. She's like, Dad, you're not right about that. This is what it is, you know? And I'm like, okay, I think you might be right about that, kiddo. Where are you learning that? Ignite. So anyway, so I'm just very thankful personally for the investment that you've made, Abby, in the life of our kids and the life of my daughter and my son. And so um, why don't you thank Abby this morning so much. Now, just want to let you know two things, and then I want to pray for you, so don't leave. Um, two things. Number one is, is we are fully engaged in looking for the person who's going to replace Abby. And for that next Island Kid director, our kids ministry director, fully engaged in that. Abby's going to be with us uh, for the next almost two months. Uh, your last Sunday will be February 22nd. But Summer Dempster, one of our volunteers, um, who had to be back there today um, to fill in, um, she is uh, going to be leading our efforts uh, behind the scenes administratively, which is so much of what Abby does. And so we're thankful to Summer uh, for doing that. And so we'll keep you guys posted. You'll get an email today about all this, all the changes with renovations and with uh, Abby's uh, leading and the leadership change there with Island Kids. Um, but we're excited for you. And I want to pray for Abby. So why don't you stand up as we close today. Let's pray for Abby. And, and if you just reach out your hand in support of her. And let's pray for our kids ministry during this time of a lot of different transition and exciting times. God, thank you so much for Abby. And I thank you for um, the investment that she's made in our kids ministry and here at Hilton Head Island Community Church. And God, I thank you just in my own life for the investment that she's made in Sydney and in Sean. And God, I am just so eternally thankful because she has influenced them for you. She's been a change agent in our family, and I'm so thankful for her. And God, I pray that you would go before her, that your Holy Spirit would lead and guide her. Um, as she's got uh, multiple opportunities, but God, I pray that you would guide her paths. And God, I selfishly pray that it's uh, clo as close to home as possible for her so that she can have opportunity to visit home and, and, uh, visit and have time with her friends and family back in Bloomington. God, pray, I pray for our kids' ministry. God, I thank you for Island Kids and Ignite, and I pray your blessing on all those kids. God, I pray that many of them come to know you as their Savior. 
And God, I pray for your great blessing on that. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Now I'm going to let Abby go because she's going to go outside so you guys can hug her and say hi and all that kind of stuff. Um, but she's not leaving us. She's going to be here for a few more months, but she just wants to see you. Um, thank you so much for being here. For those of you who are part of the Hilton Head Island Community Church family, I want to encourage you to give. You can give via your app or you can give via the giving stations, which one is located at guest services and the other is located as you leave today. Thanks for being here. Have a great week, everyone. I will see you next Sunday.